Hello and welcome everyone to Over and Back. What a fabulous opening weekend of the Boys High School State Tournament we had. Uh, we're going to get to it in a second here. I, just wanted to, I wanted to mention one thing. I ended the last podcast asking for players, coaches, officials to reach out if they want to be in the podcast after the season. I just want to say this. Coaches, players, if you guys are still in the tournament, focus on the playoffs. Don't worry about messaging me and, and players. Focus on your, on your team and winning. If you're out of the playoffs, let me know. I got a few responses. I've got some people lined up that we are going to get on the podcast. But, again, just want to throw it out there. Players, coaches, officials, you want to be in the podcast, send me a message on Twitter. But if you are in the, in the tournament right now, worry about the tournament. Don't worry about me. So let's talk about the games. Friday night, Saturday night. You know, we'll talk FEA heavy probably, but we're going to talk. It, all these teams are playing each other now, so we got to talk about all the teams, and we will talk about all the teams. We'll focus on D1. Maybe we'll, we'll run, get into D2 a little bit. But let's start with the FEA games Friday night. Two FEA teams lost. Now, we knew one of them was going to because there was two FEA teams that were playing each other, but two FEA teams lost. And I don't think it was the two that most expected. And I tweeted this out Friday night that the two teams that lost Friday night were the two teams that most people predicted to be one and two in the FEA. I did. They were the two teams that I thought had the most talent. They have four combined four to five scholarship basketball players on their team. And they were the two teams that lost on Friday night. And those two teams are Appleton East and Oshkosh North. Now, Appleton East lost to D.C. Everest. D.C. Everest has a D1 player in Marcus Hall. Very, very low scoring, probably ugly game. I didn't get to see it. Probably wasn't. It was 46 to 41, I believe. That's just another reason why we need a shot clock. So they go down, and then Oshkosh North runs into an Appleton West team that has been playing playing great to finish the season. And and honestly, Oshkosh North didn't didn't play well. They didn't look good. They got jumped on early. Like Appleton West got up early right away. And a lot of fouls called. This was the same crew. I believe this was the same crew that officiated that Hortonville-Appleton North game earlier in the year that I said was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. They called a lot of falls then, and they called a lot of falls on Friday night. I was texting uh, with a, a friend of mine who was at that the first game with me, and I said, hey, it looks like it's the same officiating crew. And he goes, how many kids have fouled out yet? And I, as he texted that, I said, uh, Mitchell literally just fouled out of the game. So not, not a greatly officiated game, but uh, Appleton, Appleton West played – Played well, and they took down Oshkosh North. Almost everyone's picked to go to state out of the underwhelming sectional one, which we'll talk about as we go here. But uh, yeah, Oshkosh North. Everyone I think had Oshkosh North for the most part to go to to go to state from sectional one, and now it's wide open. So the rest of sectional one, Oshkosh West pulls off the upset of the night. They take out the 16 seed Oshkosh West, who I had last in the power rankings. If this doesn't tell you how I guess how competitive competitive solid. Shit show again, confusion, chaos. The FEA has been all year. The 16 seed takes out the number one seed, Eau Claire Memorial, who, by the way, was everyone had as a missed seed. Everyone thought Eau Claire Memorial should not have gotten the one. That proved to be correct as Oshkosh West beats Eau Claire Memorial. Appleton North wins. Appleton North takes out Marshfield. Great game. This Appleton North team is playing awesome. They are, they are one of the most entertaining teams to watch. Other games from Friday night. Hortonville takes out Holman, and Nina beats Stevens Point. This is a weird Friday night. I was watching Kimberly, which we'll get to in a bit, and then I get a text. Appleton West is up on, on Oshkosh North, you know, such and such score. I turn that on. Then I turn the Nina game on, and Nina's, Nina's down four at the start of the second half. This was just, it was a crazy, crazy Friday night. So that's sectional one. Again, Oshkosh West pulls off an upset. Appleton North wins. Hortonville wins. 
Appleton West beats Oshkosh North, Nina wins. D.C. Evers beats Appleton East, and Hudson beats Wausau West. Sectional two FEA games. Kimberly beats Germantown. Close game the whole night, and then all of a sudden, Germantown just stopped making shots. Kimberly pulls away and beats Germantown. Kakana beats Manitowoc. Not really close. I got Manitowoc came back a little bit towards the end, and then Kakana, I think, ended up winning by about 10. And then Fond du Lac beats Menominee Falls. There is your FEA recap for, for Friday night in sectional one and sectional two. Sectional three and four. In sectional three, Brookfield East, the 13 seed, beat Oregon. Pulled that off, upset Friday night. Uh, Madison Memorial, which a lot of people thought was, was seeded wrong at the 10 seed, took out Brookfield Central, which is the seven. And then the only other game really seed-wise, Janesville Craig the, the 10 beat Racine Case. Those are Friday night games. So as we all kind of predicted for sectional one, now it's funny, we all predicted that Oshkosh North was going to come out, and then of course they lose. But we didn't, I mean, we didn't know. It was just a, a wide-open sectional. Friday night proved that. Let's get to Saturday night games. Sectional one. So Oshkosh West has to travel to Eau Claire. And then they beat Eau Claire, and then they had to travel to Superior. Now, I believe they stayed overnight in Eau Claire that night. But if the WIA, and I'm not saying that they do anymore, but if they're going to blame anything and say location is why we have to do sectionals this way, that that right there proves it's, that locations it's bullshit. Like, you can't expect the team to travel three hours to Eau Claire, then drive home, which, again, I don't think they did, but then drive back to Superior, which I believe is five hours. But that's just insane. So not a great draw for Oshkosh West as far as travel-wise. you got to go to eight sectionals to fix it. That, that's what fixes this is you go to eight sectionals and you have those central and western teams in one sectional so it's much closer. If you blame location, if you are worried about location, that's what you have to do. So Oshkosh West ends up losing a superior in overtime. So their little Cinderella run is over. Appleton North also overtime. Beats Hortonville in overtime. Appleton North was up like 10 or so. Hortonville came storming back, uh, tied it up. Went to overtime. Appleton North wins in overtime. Hudson, the number two seed, which I think most people or a lot of people thought they should be the one seed over Eau Claire Memorial since they'd beaten him twice. Hudson beats D.C. Everest. Hudson moves on. Let's talk about Nina and Appleton West, shall we? You guys all knew I had something to say about this, and you knew I was going to say it. So I was even talking to someone last night, and someone said, someone kind of hinted, like, you got to stop, man. You got to stop talking about the flopping. It's getting annoying. To, what I, to, I, to which I responded, maybe they should stop flopping. I want everyone to go to the Nina joint school district YouTube page and watch the end of the Nina Appleton West game. Just go watch the last minute. Just go fast forward and watch the last minute of the game and just watch. That's all I want you to do is just watch. And look, you can send me all you want on Twitter. Everyone can go look at my Twitter if you want. You can send me all you want on Twitter and tell me that that taking charges is hard defense and it's not being a wuss. That's there is a difference of taking a charge and what Nina typically does. All right, you can tell me that Kolek from Marquette took a charge. Oh, he must be flopping, sarcastically telling me that. If you don't know the difference between what what a charge is and what these Nina kids are doing, I can't help you. I can't help you. And you can sit there and tell me to stop talking about it. You can tell me that I'm consumed with it. I am consumed with making the audience more knowledgeable about basketball. That's what I'm consumed with. I'm consumed with people understanding the game of basketball. That consumes me. And this is not basketball. It's not. Does anyone like watching James Harden play? Does anyone like watching Kyle Lowry play? No. The answer is no. And it's essentially just manipulating the rules, right? And manipulating the officials and trying to get a call that's not really there, but the official maybe doesn't see it or catches the end of it. So maybe I should be upset with the officials that make or don't make some of these calls. It's just garbage. It is garbage basketball. And I've, we've been watching it all year. And they keep on getting the calls. And I don't know when an official is just going to look at 
at these plays and just be like, get up. It's a flop. But this leads us to our se- my second homework assignment for you guys. So stand the YouTube feed. Fast forward to 1 hour 25 and 30 seconds. Scores 73-68. Nina's still leading their shooting free throws. But roughly 30 seconds left in the game. Appleton West does not score. They're, they're going to try to foul. So there's some contact as the as as Nina dribbles the ball up. There's some contact. Nothing's called. And then an Appleton West kid reaches out and grabs, you know, kind of grabs the Nina kid, whatever. Obviously because you want to get a foul. Stop the clock. Let him shoot free throws. Extend the game. Whistles blow. And the official near the play just holds his hand up for, for, for a foul call. Official on the other side of the court comes running over and signals intentional foul. All right. And look, I appreciate everyone who sent me intentional foul stuff on Twitter. I don't know if it was meant to be like, hey, you're stupid. This is what an intentional foul is. Or, hey, here's the rule or whatever. I don't care. I tweeted it out Saturday night. You know Appleton West is going to try to foul. You know they are. That's one reason you don't call an intentional foul. You have to anticipate. That's just part of being an official. And number two, it wasn't an intentional foul. And again, you can send me all the stuff that defines an intentional foul. So I thought of this comparison... And I thought about it because it happened last night, coincidentally, ironically, in the Badger game. And Minnesota's down three. So, you know, Minnesota's going to try to shoot a three towards the end of this game. A Badger player tries to, tries to draw a charge. I, again, ironically, coincidentally enough. Hits the ground, and as there's contact, the Minnesota player shoots like what is almost a half-court shot. Foul's called. They call a block. Rightfully so. Do you think that, that that ref gave the Minnesota player three shots because he was – "Quote unquote," trying to shoot the ball when there was a con- when there was contact and a foul. No, he did not. It happens at the g- end of games all the time, when guys when teams know that the other team's going to take a foul because they have a foul to give, or they're just going to take a foul to put you on the free throw line instead of having a chance to tie the game. And then these guys just throw up these wild shots. You never get that call. You never get that three point call. You go to the line and you shoot your two, or they take a foul and you take it out of bounds. You don't get that call. It's a foul. And technically, it's a shooting foul. You're in the motion. There's contact. There's a continuation. You're shooting. It's technically a foul, and you should be shooting, but you never get that call. Refs don't call it because they understand what's going on in the point of the game, and they know what people are trying to manipulate certain rules and things like that. And it's why that intentional foul never should have been called. One, because I don't feel it was an intentional call. And two, you know in that point of the game that Appleton West is trying to foul to extend the game and put Nina on the free throw line. It's not in any – you can watch that play in 10 high school basketball games – and in almost every scenario, that would never be called an intentional foul. And I honestly do not know why it was. I don't. I don't know why it was called an intentional foul. But it essentially put the game away. And I'm not saying that if it wasn't called a foul that the game that Appleton West would have won, but it definitely cemented that loss for them. It's just a really disappointing way to end a game. You know, you've got these a heavy senior team in Appleton West just trying to do their best, trying the way to fight back and, and extend the game. And that call essentially just just shuts it down, game over. Nina beats Appleton West and moves on. So like I tweeted last night and like I said to Flood when we did our preview, I'm sure Nina is happy to give me a middle finger and mosey on in to, uh, to state out of Section 01 because that's, that's where we're headed. That's, that's where we're headed. So before we move on, I just want to end on one more thing with Nina. So I don't know if you Nina supporters, lovers, just love giving me content for the podcast with, with, with your tweets or whatever. I, I greatly greatly appreciate it keep it coming but I saw an Instagram post last night from someone that covers basketball in Wisconsin it was kind of going over the regional games and things like that and it says this Nina High School advances to sectionals after showing why they can repeat 
after winning the regional championship. If you think Nina can repeat and win the state championship this year, you are out of your fucking mind. That is never happening. Uh, I think I said on the podcast with Flood, too, for DePierre not to win the state championship, there are so many bad things that would have to go wrong, I don't even want to think about it. Nina has zero chance of repeating and being the state champion this year. Zero. And I do not know why someone would write that in an Instagram post. You can write congratulations. You don't have to say showing why they can repeat. It's not like they had two dominant performances. They were losing to Stevens Point, and they could have easily lost to Appleton West. They have shown, the only reason they've showed that they can get to state is because they're in a shitty sectional. So to finish up with sectional one, Thursday night you've got Superior and Appleton North playing at Oshkosh West, and then Nina playing Hudson in Stevens Point. Let's move on to sectional two, Saturday games. As I go through these, I realize that sectional one is where all the fun's at because it's just a, just a disaster. Uh, DePira, as expected, takes care of Milwaukee King. Kimberly loses to Homestead a close game. Close game the whole time. Just had some mistakes down the end, and Homestead pulls it out over Kimberly. Kukana beats Sheboygan North. Very, very tight game. I think they won that game by two. And then Marquette beats Fondalek, the two-seed. Fondalek was a two-seed. Marquette upsets Fondalek. And I don't even know if you can call it an upset because, as we talked about, you know, Marquette was probably misseeded at the seven. They probably should have been higher. They could have been as high as a two, frankly. But it, I look at that game and I think, geez, Marquette and Fondalek, if they were, if one of the, if both those teams were in sectional one, they'd both be the favorites. They'd be the favorites in sectional one. Kukana, Sheboygan North might be the favorites in sectional one. Kimberly Homestead would probably be this, the the favorites in sectional one. But instead, they're all left to fight it out to uh, see who gets to lose to DePier when DePier beats them to go to state. Sectional three. Biggest upset is Brookfield East, the 13 seed, beats Sussex Hamilton. And then Milwaukee Hamilton beats Wanakee. So you've got Arrowhead wins, Brookfield East, Milwaukee Hamilton, and Middleton in sectional three. Not much to really cover. There are some good games uh, this upcoming weekend. And then same thing, sectional four kind of plays out how it should. Kettle Moraine, the one seed, moves on. Kenosha Indian Trail, the four, moves on. Muskego, the three. And Franklin, the two. Real quick in D2. You had Lacrosse Central move on against Onalaska. I think that was kind of the game of the weekend over in D2. You had New, Lon- New London take out uh, number one seed FVL. Uh, West Appear moves on. Ethan Heck, two big games for them. So they're going to face Notre Dame on Thursday in Pulaski. And then you'll have a Nicolay Whitefish Bay in sectional two as well. And then sectional three and four, McFarland, Stoughton, Watosha Central, Whitnall, Greenfield plays Pewaukee, and Pius plays Wisconsin Lutheran, which should be a good game. It's it's all kind of getting towards this. Wisconsin Lutheran, Pewaukee will be Saturday night. That's your state championship game for D2. I apologize for all the other D2 teams that are playing. That's the state championship. We said it before. We're going to keep saying it. It's Wisconsin Lutheran, Pewaukee. They are head and shoulders above the rest. That will be a Saturday night game. If you want to get to a game Saturday night, that'll be essentially your Division II state championship. So we're into sectionals. Games start Thursday night. Uh, some good ones. I think uh, I think Kukana Marquette is going to probably be the best game on the slate Thursday night. I expect appear to handle Homestead no problem. I guess sectional ones will be good, right? Nina Hudson. Hudson should have been maybe the overall one. Nina's the six. Again, they could have been the four. They play each other. Then Appleton North. Appleton North is the team to watch. If you can get a chance to watch Appleton North, hopefully that'll that'll be live streamed. Appleton North Superior should be a very good game as well. And then over in sectional three and sectional sectional four, it's, it's one through four, so those all should be good games. Sectional three, I, I had someone on Twitter already call out the uh, Milwaukee Hamilton over Middleton upset. 
But if that doesn't happen, you'll have an amazing game, most likely Saturday night, Arrowhead against Middleton. Maybe I'm right enough, Brookfield East. Maybe they can pull off that upset. And then you'll have you know, what will be a very most likely competitive game in sectional four. And then Saturday night in sectional one and two, I expect to see a DePere Kakana sectional final in sectional two. And I am fully expecting an Appleton North Nina all FEA sectional final in sectional one. And I'm fully expecting Nina to go to state and it'll give me absolutely incredible content for the podcast next week because I know people will be out in full force on Twitter about me and the Nina love that I have. So that awaits us for next week. I wanted to end on this homework assignment number three for you guys. I assume most people listening are, you know, maybe they're high school players, maybe they're college players, uh, parents of players, but I think there's a, a general theme right up, but basketball fans. But I wanted to give a shout out while helping you guys and helping this person out as well. I want everyone to go to Instagram and I want everyone to search for bulletproof jumper. All right, search up Bulletproof Jumper. It is an account run by a Kimberly graduate, a 22 kid, Sam Gingrass, uh, was a teammate of my son's Jameson, Jameson's friends with him. And again, Bulletproof Jumper, he runs these training programs for what's called the knees over, knees over toes. It helps with flexibility, mobility, knee pain, athleticism. If you go to his Instagram page, you will see where Sam was three years ago. All right, and if you said three years ago, and I'll be honest, right, if you told me three years ago Sam would be where he is today back then, like if you'd have told me that, I'd have been like, you're, you're out of your mind. There's no way. Sam's athleticism has, has improved insanely, insanely. So I'm just, I, wanted to, I wanted to give him a shout-out because I think what he's doing is absolutely incredible. I think he's got a very, very bright future. Just to give you an idea of, so again, Bulletproof Jumper, he's got over 23,000 followers. I believe Conor McGregor follows him. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but anyways, go to his page, check out his pin videos. You will see the progress that Sam has made over the over the course of three years, of where he was and where he is now. It's it is remarkable. But if you're interested as a as a as an athlete, if you're interested as a parent for your kid, message him on Instagram, and he can give you all the details as far as training goes, cost, you know what it entails, and all that stuff. But I wanted to give Sam a shout out because I think what he is doing is absolutely awesome, and I think his he's got such a such a bright future with what he's doing and it's I always love when when you get a kid that that has a passion and follows that passion with everything they've got and that that is what Sam is doing currently so bulletproof jumper on Instagram so if you're interested for yourself or for your child send Sam a message uh, at his account on Instagram bulletproof jumper that's gonna do it everyone enjoy the games this week Thursday night games Saturday probably Saturday games it's gonna be it's gonna be another wild weekend I can only assume so We'll check back in next week. This has been Over and Back.